Terry, welcome to Integral Life and welcome to this podcast. It's good to see you again. Good to see you again, Keith. <laughs> and maybe you could start just by telling people just a little bit about yourself for those that aren't familiar with you and your work. Well, I guess my the major work that I've been doing in the, maybe the ten, past 10 or 12 years has been the work with the stages model. It's a developmental model that goes from birth until, you know, it's got about 12 stages that we've worked with and wow. developmental stages. So that's the main work that I've been, been doing for quite a number of years now. And of course, it continues to evolve. Great. Yeah. So I would say, you know, there are a number of models of adult ego development out there. We have, you know, Robert Keegan's model and Suzanne Kogreuter, and we have the sort of Ken's version of those models. And then we have yours and they have obviously a lot of similarities and some differences, but maybe again, you could just give us an overview of sort of like what adult ego development is. Well, you know, I think that many people are quite familiar with child development mm -hmm. because when you have children, those stages are really obvious. But for many, many, many years, people thought that as soon as somebody reached adulthood, they stopped growing, you know, and the more recent research really shows that we develop all our lives into later stages. And the stages model has a unique point to it. And that is that we have three tiers and each tier has four stages in it. So the first four stages are generally child stages. Mm -hmm. But then the next four are usually the adult stages that most of us are familiar with. And they're basically an upshift of the first four stages, which are more concrete. These are adult stages are more subtle. And then it upshifts again into what we call the metaware tier. So for the most part, adult stages are in the subtle tier and in the metaware tier. And many people are quite familiar with the four stages in the in the adult the subtle tier, most you know, adults. Mm -hmm. So those four stages are, we call them the the 3.0 stages and the 3.5 stage, those are third person perspectives. And the 4.0 and 4.5 stages, those are the fourth person perspectives. And those are the ones that I think most people are most familiar with are those four stages. So yeah, you and I, you know, we talked a little bit before this call and I had asked you the question, why more people aren't interested in adult ego development? And you gave a really great answer, but I want to sort of save that for later. But I'm presuming anyone on this call is on this call because they too are interested in adult development. And so they may find that answer as, as interesting as I did. But I'm just going to share a screenshot of your model here. And then you want to just walk us through the, the model there a little bit, Terry? Would that be? Yes. Well, the stages matrix is the model that I've worked with primarily. And so you can see at the top, there's question one, question two, and question three. So what we're looking for in question one is what tier, what tier is this person activating at mm -hmm. for the most part of their lives? This model really works with perspectives. And so you can see the PP on the left-hand side of your, uh, you know, of this, of the questions, and that stands for person perspectives. So we look for the first part of the person perspective, we have to see what tier somebody's in. So that is the first indicator of a developmental perspective. 
So the question number two says, what is the experience? Is it an individual experience or is it a collective experience foregrounded? So that's the social uh, parameter. So that's another aspect of a perspective. Uh -huh. And third is, is the experience receptive, active, reciprocal, or interpenetrative? This is a learning sequence pattern. And I think many of us are familiar with these kinds of experiences. So that's the third parameter. So what we do is we, we name the perspective 1.0, and then we look at what are the parameters, the definition of that perspective. And that's one of the research findings that we have in the stages model. So we can uh -huh. see the 1.0 person perspective has parameters, it has a definition of it, it's in the concrete tier, it has an individual focus, and the learning that they use is receptive. So you can see the perspectives going down on the left-hand side, and we have the 1.0, 1 1.5, 2.0, 2.5. Can you break that down for us a little, Terry, just the, the person perspective? You know, I mean, it seems obvious taking one person perspective, but what is a, you know, a two person perspective would be, I could take my view and I could take your view, but, but what a 2.5 be? How do you take a half a perspective like that? Well, basically when you are 1.0, this is the early part of a full person perspective. The 1.5 is the mature part of that uh -huh. of the full person perspective. So there's really basically, you know, uh, quite a difference between the entry part of a person perspective and an exit or a mature part. So those perspectives are divided all the way up through 6.5. And this is what gives us the 12 person perspectives. And we can tell the difference between the early part and the late part of a first person perspective, because if you look, they're the same in the tier, they're same with the social, but there's a change from receptive to active. Uh -huh. And that is a very important change because a baby just receives, they can't really do much of anything, right. but boy, do they get active at the, at the 1.5 stage when they find out they have an identity of their own. And this is commonly called the terrible twos. They are very, uh -huh. very active. Uh -huh. So at 2.0, you look at the parameter change. It's the concrete, collective reciprocal. So they changed two parameters. They moved to a collective view and a reciprocal learning style. Reciprocal makes sense if you have two a collective that you're working with because reciprocity, you need at least one other person in order to have reciprocity there. But that moves, the two parameter change moves it into a second person perspective. And these are young children from about the ages of four till, oh, maybe junior high or a little, you know, early, early high school. This uh -huh. is a second person perspective. And, and if, we, if we saw that in an adult, what would that look like, you know, in an adult, if someone was operating from a second person rule oriented reciprocal collective perspective? Well, they have a tendency to, they've lived longer than a child has. I don't think that, I think that it's more common to have children at this perspective than it adults, but adults can be at that level. And generally they uh, can't see hierarchies or priorities very well. They'll tend to argue with their children rather than be a parent to them because they haven't developed far enough. Right. They sometimes need assistance and help. 
by a conformist community, which is what comes next, uh-huh. um, because they, you know, they have trouble making decisions and and that kind of adult uh, decisions that they need to make. And they do tend to follow the crowd. So whatever uh-huh. crowd they get hooked into is likely the crowd that they're, I mean, sometimes crowds are positive crowds and moral crowds and other ones right. are not. Right. So the difference between the adult 2.0 and the 2.5 stage is that mm-hmm. at the 2.5 stage, they are the same as the 2.0 stage, except that they move from reciprocal to interpenetrative. Mm-hmm. At the interpenetrative stage, they live by the principles of the group that they actually have. And, uh-huh. and those principles they don't follow the crowd when they're out of their group they will stay with the same principles of the crowd that they identify with and so they have the the capacity to say no if something seems immoral or if it doesn't follow the principles that their crowd does even if they're with a completely different crowd Mm -hmm. so this is the maturity 2.0 doesn't really have principles they have rules but they Uh do There are different rules in every situation. One family will have a rule, you know, school, they'll have another rule. If they happen to be an adult, they might go to college. They have different kinds of rules there. So they'll follow the rules of whatever is around them. So they'll follow the crowd. That's not so with the 2.5. 2.5 will develop a set of principles and they'll stick to those principles, even if they're in a different rule-based group. Right. So if I'm a really devout Christian and I, you know, go to Israel, I'm I'm going to obviously hold those views, even if I'm in uh, different cultural, different religious backgrounds, whatever I'm exposed to, I'm going to very much be identified with my conformist views, no matter what. And maybe even more so if I have a an external environment that's challenging those or different from those. That's right. You'll stick with your own <clears throat> principles regardless, because that is it is a belief that is enduring. And of course, we see in Christianity, the enduring principles, which are mostly concrete, are the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we'll see, we see something similar in other other paths, like the Buddhist path is an eightfold path, and, and people will tend to follow that. So we have a variety of different kinds of principles. If you belong to a mafia, you know, you're going to have a different set of principles and right. you probably follow that regardless of whether or not you're in a Christian, Buddhist, or an atheistic community, you will tend to follow those principles regardless of what's around you. So Right, right. And then, and, then, and then something extraordinary happens. People move into being able to take a third-person perspective. And, and could you just explain that? I mean, that's sort of a monumental shift, right? It is. And the reason that it's monumental is because all three parameters change. Look, they uh, move from the concrete to the subtle. They move from the collective to the individual focus. And they move from an interpenetrative learning mode to receptive. Uh-huh. And they're being receptive with subtle processes now and they are looking at their subtle individual self and so subtle tier is what they're working with and all of these point all of the point o stages 1.0 2.0 3.0 4.0 etc uh-huh. are in the early parts of the perspective the point five stages are all the mature parts so the uh-huh. early parts uh 
really don't have a capacity to make priorities very well or to develop hierarchies. They don't see them at that level. They may see them at the earlier levels, but they don't see them at the level that they're in. And so they tend to be very horizontal with the ways that they work. Mm. So the first person perspective really goes through, like at 2.0, they have concrete operations. Uh-huh. At 2.5, they have formal operations. Uh-huh. Okay. 3.0, they have abstract operations. And abstract operations means that they can understand things that they can't yet visualize. They can reason without having a visualization that they can put to it. Can, can you give me an example, uh, just the difference between 2.5 and 3.0, what that would mean sort of okay, as a lived well, example? Let me just look at 2.0. 2.0 is concrete operations. That means that they can see relative, concrete relative. That means you've got a glass of water that's short and fat, yep. and you and you have the same amount of water in that as you have in a tall, skinny glass. Uh-huh. The water is the same, but the one glass has a taller, It the water reaches a higher focus. Yep. For 2.0, they can't figure that out, but they need a manipulative, something they can actually pour the water into so they can see what happens. Oh, so That's- in other words, they can't imagine it. It has to be concretely observed. Yes. Gotcha. At, at 2.5, they can imagine it. That's uh-huh. operations. At 3.0, uh, they can use an abstract reasoning. In other words, here is where things like engineering and architecture and that sort of thing. Uh-huh. So they can they can determine the stress of you know, the beams in a house that they're building, how strong they need to be in order to build a house that doesn't fall down. Right. Uh, So in other words, third person is like, there's me and there's you. And then I'm able to see and act upon the world in which you and I share. Is that sort of the third person that it's? Yes. And it also gives them abstract operations in the things that they can for their careers, you know, different gotcha. kinds of things. Of course, art is different at an abstract operational stage than it is at a concrete stage. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this affects everything that they do, different kinds of music that they appreciate, and all of those kinds of things will come up at 3.0. But they don't prioritize things very well, and they can't see out into the future very well. Mm. At the 2.5 stage, people can see... I mean, a lot of people, when a child says, I want to grow up and I want to be an engineer because my dad is an engineer, Right. you know, they are looking at the past and what they have seen in the past and heard in the past is their future. Uh But at the 3.0, they're just starting to realize that, you know, I have a separate subtle body and I'm starting to see that my ideas are my own, not just the group's. And then they can also have a good sensibility around, you know, the past isn't necessarily my future. So they have the capacity now to start dreaming about what they want to be that isn't where their dad or mom was or their uncle or what other people have or, or their teacher or what, whatever, you know, they've been familiar with. And so they can start exploring, you know, other kinds of things. And gradually the future starts coming from behind them in the past and forward to them. And they can start 
dreaming about what they want to be that isn't something that they had ever thought about before. That starts happening at 3.0, but they're non-hierarchical at this stage, hmm. which means that they can't prioritize very well. So what they tend to do is, is take one step and put it in front of the other, and they make that step perfect. Hmm. Then when it's perfect, and then they can take the next step and put it in front of each other, and that becomes perfect. And they use manuals, and they use other experts to help them see, you know, how they can work and figure things out for themselves that way with using abstract operations and other kinds of processes. The problem is, is that they can't keep track of a time and they can't prioritize what comes first and what comes next or what's more important than something else. At 3.5, though, when they become mature in the third-person perspective, that's mm. when you can see maybe five years or so out into the future, they can uh -huh. develop a goal, which 3.0 has a hard time. They might be able to see the next few steps and maybe make an objective or a, you know, a short-term, very short-term. But here at 3.5 is when they can actually make a plan. They gotcha. Can out into the future and it doesn't matter where they are they can make a plan for their children's right uh, you know they can make a plan for their art they can make a plan for business they can make a plan for their trips so there's some capacity to to like to do visioning here which which is not as present in 3.0 that's right so that's so when we would presume anyone who's running a company or running an organization or perhaps running a country, but doing a good job of it is probably at least at 3.5 achiever because they can see and envision an abstract future and then work towards it and maybe use experts to help them get there. That's true. They can develop a plan and they can develop benchmarks along <clears throat> the way. They can see a linear system. 3.0 tends not to be able to see systems very well, but they can be incredibly creative. Another thing that's very different between a 3.0 expert and a 3.5 achiever is that the 3.0 expert really is incredibly effective because they're perfect. They make sure everything is perfect uh -huh. because if it isn't perfect, they don't know what their next step is. Uh -huh. But they are not efficient. They are often late, months mm. late, so they can't do timelines very well at all. But at 3.5, they don't have to. They know just how efficient they need to be in order to be effective enough. What is good enough? And so they end up with the 80-20 plan, you know, the last 20% of something to get perfection takes 10 times as long as the first 80%. Okay. So they're effective and efficient. The 3.0 is effective, but not efficient because they gotcha. have everything perfect. So, so those are kind of the maturities that come up at 3.5. Beautiful. So let me ask you, because this is a great place to pause too, and say from 3.0 and 3.5, these are the realms out of which, you know, really Western science, rationality, Western philosophy, right? Like all of these things are going to arise out of these structures and at 3.5, 3.0, 3.5, what can't they see that, that's going to be really relevant as we move into 4.0? So what are they subject to? Well, for one thing, they can't see contexts and they can't see complex adaptive systems. So if I talk about systemic racism, they're not really going to be able to see something that is implied like that? They're not apt to, they can see it linearly, but they cannot see the complex adaptive aspects and how that 
is intertwined into a lot of other systems besides just the racism itself. They can see racism right. you know, at 3.0 and 3.5. As a matter of fact, human rights becomes a very important thing, but they're concrete human rights like race and you know gender and all of those areas, ages and disability. Right. You know, those they can see. They have a lot of trouble seeing anything beyond the concrete. So in other words, like the founding fathers of the United States, they really were looking from a 3.5 perspective. And the march towards progress when it comes to extending rights from out of the aristocracy to all men, and then eventually to men and women, and then to men and women and people of color, and then to men and women, people of color, and the LBGTQ community. Would you say all of that is essentially a move of 3.5, extending those kinds of universal concrete rights? Yes. You know, I think that that is a pretty good description. I think when we get into all of the horizontal trajectories of genders, it happens more at the 4.0 stage. Mm. Because it's just looking at a human body without knowing anything else. It's hard to see any differences there. You have to see the differences from knowing the different kind of qualities and other sorts of things that will help you understand that it's a little bit more of an advanced process. You know, that kind of LGBTQ rights, I think, come up more at the 4.0 stage. 